Welcome y'all to the Black Hoof Saloon, a Wild West Exodus podcast. Mosey on up to the bar and get yourself a bottle of fire water or a glass of sarsaparilla and listen to some good old yarns about adventures of law dogs, outlaws, and weird creatures. So set a spell, water your ride or your rider, and get ready to tune up your posses. This is the Black Hoof Saloon. Just in time for the holiday weekend from way up in the North Pole in Christmastown. This is the Black Hoof Saloon podcast. Today, the three amigos start diving into the faction handbooks and also get into other shenanigans. Happy holidays! Howdy, howdy, buckaroos. This is Black Hoof Saloon Black with you. This is Eric here, and I have all my co-hosts with me tonight. Say hello, guys. Hello. Howdy, everybody. And tonight, uh, we're going to start diving into a little bit more of the third edition rulebook and some of the new stuff that uh, we have for Wild West Exodus. But before we get to that, what's everybody been working on? I know, Brian, you've been working on the two-player starter set. Um, And we actually did just get done doing an unboxing if you guys uh, missed out on our live stream you can check that out on our facebook page and eventually it's going to be on the audio also uh probably before this gets on the audio and youtubes but uh what else have we been working on i've been working on just everything marvel crisis protocol uh mon uh car wars brian you get um, through your yeah. stuff yet yeah, I've been doing a lot of stuff for the on the tabletop global gunslinger league. Oh, that's so I've, right. I've done yeah. a lot of video recordings of building the models out of the two player set. Okay. Um, the editing is what slows me down a little bit, and I'm just doing rough editing. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, you've been working on Legion, I remember seeing uh, not that long ago. I actually have, weirdly. <laughs> weirdly, I'm actually doing something. <laughs> so. So uh, my wife and daughter went down to Texas for a long weekend. And so I actually got time to <laughs> actually put in a little bit of hobbying time. Uh, I got paint, uh, at least the beginning of a paint job going on one of my Legion tanks. And I put together uh, Captain Rex and the art troopers that go along with him. So okay. I actually have a nice little force there that I'm going to start putting together. going to have, you know, 501st, obviously, with Rex and... Uh, it's got Rex and Echo and Fives in it. So, you know, that's kind of cool right out of the Clone Wars cartoon. And then that tank will probably go and paint. You know, it's yeah. got a base paint job on it, but I'll probably go the 212th for color. Uh, you know, that orangey yellow color Okay, uh, that they have. Uh, that's Kenobi's force. So I'll have him have that sneak in with them. And uh, yeah, that's all I got done. But did it's, you, you just ended up getting the Clone Wars, right? Or did you get the original box of um, that too? Funny story. Um, I'm still waiting for, I'm still, waiting, still waiting for, for my, that. Oh my God. It's, it's only been a year and a half. Oh my um, God. You know, I, 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 tr- I try so hard to support my uh, FLGS, but um, you know, I keep following up being like, dude, where is this? And he's like, oh, I'm ordering it. I'm ordering it. Um, you know, hasn't wow. been ordered yet. So, 
I'm a little frustrated. Uh, I could have, I, I could have yeah. gone to Amazon and paid, yeah. you know, $40 less than I paid going to my local game store and a uh, year and a half and gotten it in three days. Wow. <laughs> so wow. that's uh, crazy. You know, so I'm, I'm a little perturbed. <laughs> Well, maybe um, we should change the subject then. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't want no nerd rage. Yeah, um, you know, so uh, Gadzooks, go to Gadzooks. <laughs> <laughs> you got that too, didn't you, Brian? I remember uh, Tom kind of suckered you in on that one. He he twisted your arm. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and really, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the reason I didn't get into Legion was because I had just discovered the Imperial Assault game oh you went and, big in that that's right and I bought a bunch of the box sets for that and i scoured the you know the amazon for all the different characters man i could have sent you, you know. my open unused box that i bought when the game came out and i played it but just played everybody else's copy and i'm just like why did i buy this <laughs> right so yeah so me and my boys played a few games of that and then all of a sudden out of nowhere you know, fantasy flight kind of went, Oh, well, we're creating a new, yep. why you have a great one. And it had skirmish game rules for it. Yep. You had all the models. What, what, why? And it, it was basically for money grab and they irritably <laughs> made it a different, a slightly different scale. But really isn't everything a money grab. Yeah, but it was irritating. So, yeah, yeah I, I get that. I, I get that. You feel like you waste time is what it is. Um, no. <laughs> I I think that every time I go to Kickstarter and I have stuff showing up in the mail. <laughs> yeah, you brought up that where I can't even say that word in the house anymore. Mm. Uh, after, after the Dead or Alive Kickstarter and then shortly after that one, before it's even delivered, we, what, we have... Uh, he-man surface yeah <laughs> both of us went in on that one <laughs> um yeah <laughs> don't worry tom i'll get she-ra just for you <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you <laughs> what I, i'm so excited to play that game with you guys <laughs> the dust is not even settling on those two and simon up and then drops oh. the nuclear bomb that is that not a nuclear, nuclear bomb, bomb? what jeez is Marvel zombie side. Do you know about um, this time? I do. I I don't. You know, but I, I, I Dude, they, fall, they literally I fall for that twenty inch tall Galactus for I, the game. As soon yep. as I saw that, I don't care about the rest of the game because realistically, <laughs> what do I need? A what are they up to? Eleventh zombie side now because I got them all. I'm, I keep saying that every time. I don't need it, but then they show something. And I'm like. I need that. <laughs> and they totally came right out of the gate with this one and said, oh, he needs this one. So let's just show this one right now. <laughs> like, God dang it. <laughs> no, I, you know, I haven't had a Kickstarter pop up in quite some time. That's made me really say, I, I gotta, I gotta do this. The last one I backed was, um, some, some brushes, some paint brushes. So, so, yeah. And you yeah. know what? Realistically, I think, the like original intent to Kickstarter is stuff like that, those small companies that are starter. And now it's just like, it's so, and there's still a lot of stuff like that, you know, stuff that's very, I guess, useful in a way, you know, something that to help you um, maybe do something better or whatever. But 
nowadays it seems like there's so many more of these big bloated things that you're just like it's hard to resist because it's like they give you if they they reach all those stretch goals it's like well i'm getting all this for free it's gonna pay for what i you know, I put into it, but it's just, it's a year later. So they have my money hostage for a year. Yeah. And then, yeah, this, this is a debate I've heard on many, many Kick- other podcasts and YouTube shows and stuff where Kick- Kickstarter has largely become a big presale platform. Yeah. Yeah. It really has. Um, just like eBay has become, uh, a, you know, uh, an online retailer, uh, yeah. in a lot of, in a lot of ways. So yeah. I think there's some companies that use it to, to build the company, right? Yeah. And there are some companies that have literally designed their entire, you know, company build around pre-orders. So Simon yeah. is, is a pre-order company. It's not a Kickstarter company because obviously the companies already exists, yep. uh, but it is definitely turned into a Kickstarter pre-order company. I mean, yep. They, they are, have no interest in creating ongoing revenues, <laughs> streams. It's yep. just on to the next, you know, huge Kickstarter where they get a huge influx of funds to, you know. I'll tell you what, they know, how to, new, but they know how to I tap into my junkie. That's for sure. Well, they, they definitely do. But, that you know, what I've also found is they put out games uh, that, that are – flavor of the month games and everyone gets excited about them for a couple of months and then you never see them again. You can't find a well, game. You can't find anybody to play them with. Um, I, but I, they, they're so bloated with all the stuff because of how many people participate. Is there any really new things you're going to need for it? Kind of like zombie side. I mean, most zombie side games, once you get, once you receive it, it's not like you're, you have to wait for something else to add. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it, you got it. All right. You know, Sure. So that's that's the what's neat about it is it's not like with like the original Wildwood Exodus Kickstarter. It was we're kickstarting this game and we got more stuff coming. Yep. And, and then they started creating their own stuff beyond the Kickstarter. So that that's not what Zombicide is. It's a it's a boxed board game and you get all these bonus things if we, you know. Adam, as you go, if, if you want. Yeah. I mean, they do make some of my favorite games. Like I, I, I love Blood Rage. I love uh, Rising Sun. I have a lot of fun playing those board games. But with the, the the extra stuff they give you, I've added them here and there. But it, there's a lot of stuff that I'm just like no, I just like it how it is. You know, I I right. don't I, I'm, I don't question the quality of it. I. I question the is it worth the money you put into it for the amount of gameplays you get out of it i think that's an individual thing really um you know did do you have the opportunity like do you go to a weekly game night type of thing maybe then yeah uh if you only play a month once a month maybe not um so it's an individual thing um yeah the once a month (laughs) uh (laughs) What about one, once a year? What the- yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, that was Kickstarter. I guess I, I got us going down a rabbit hole a little bit with that one. Don't uh, get me uh, ranting you know, tonight. If anyone from CMON is, is listening, you know, if anyone from CMON is listening, <laughs> you can send us some of that new step, that stuff. We'll discuss it on the in another podcast. Yeah, there you go. 
I, I, or I, videos I, on our YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> we are no strangers to pandering. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, <Wow>. so um, <laughs> we've been bantering about 12 minutes. Do you guys want to jump into our topic tonight? Tonight, we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to start diving into posse building in the new edition. But before we get into our main part of the show, what we want to talk about today uh, we wanted to give a quick reminder about a little giveaway that we're going to do, and it pertains to me and Brian uh, a little while back did a unboxing. A, we did it live on Facebook of the Gubbins and the Iron Horses. What we were going to do as a reminder, if you guys go to either the Facebook, uh, it was a live video, so it'll be under our video section on the Facebook page. Or if you go onto our YouTube channel and find the unboxing uh, video that we did did there, and it, all you have to do, guys, for this contest is just comment on the video. You know, uh, tell us something about like you're you're excited for the you know the new rule set or whatever. But just comment. And what we're gonna do is we are giving away the Gubbin set. So, like we mentioned in the unboxing. This is a perfect set for you guys that maybe you didn't get the new third edition two player set and you know you want to, you want these rules but you maybe had tons of models already from you know the previous factions the factions that maybe weren't union or enlightened so real cool way to get the in, back into the game is this gubbin set and well as Brian, you said, we don't need it, right? And it was a big favor sent over to us by uh, Free over at on Tabletop to preview and show off to the community. And we wanted to give it away as a, a prize. So just a reminder, go to one of those two places, comment. And what we said in the new year, we were going to do a, um, a pull from all those names, Brian, and yeah, give it away to somebody. January. So in January. You have time check it out okay we didn't and then, want to rush it so it yeah. just gives a chance for the video to percolate a little bit and yeah and then we'll just basically what we do is we'll draw a name and we'll contact you through um you know probably messenger nowadays it's so easy to get a hold of somebody <laughs> if it's not messenger or on facebook or youtube you just kind of respond to them but uh yeah the easy peasy contest right <laughs> Yeah, just comment. <laughs> All right, we'll go ahead and move on. So we're going to briefly go over page seven in the new rule book. And okay. it's basically, it's the the heads up from the rule book standpoint of how to build a force. Hold on, Brian. I got to flip through my book and smell it real quick. <laughs> right. So it basically, you know, starts off and basically describes that, hey, smallest groupings of models in, in the game are called a unit. Units can either be a single model or multiple models making up that one unit. Depending on what kind of unit you have included in your force, all units must be deployed and finish any action taken as a single group of models. Um Da, da, da. So when you you're gonna play a buddy, y'all, the first step is picking how big a game you want to play, mm -hmm. and the way you do that is agree on a point limit. 
And that's a maximum number of points that you have allowed to build your, your forces. Right now, I think we're uh, most players when they first start, the suggested uh, limit is 75. And then yeah, because there's a there. points changed across the board with all the models, right? Yeah, with the new edition, a reduction by a tenth. Okay, is kind of a ballpark. So if you played uh, second edition, that's basically what to expect. Is it's about a tenth. So, uh, like, say your favorite face model used to be a hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're worth about ten. So if they have a bunch of extra abilities, it'll sneak them up to uh, you know the fourteen range. Most bosses are 17 to 21, you know, legendaries usually are a couple more points than their counterparts, uh, non-legendary counterpart. So the, the sweet spot is what I'm hearing is, uh, about 150 points. Okay. Um, that gets you into the kind of the realm of a 1500 point game, you know, again, reduction by 10. Okay. So, okay. Basically, they were going to go easy on the math by why all these extra zeros. We don't need them. Yeah. Yeah. Realistically. Yeah. I, I'm like, I, I'm kind of glad they, they went that way because it was kind of like, yeah, like you said, extra. Right. Um, okay. So the next point, after you decide on the point limit, then you basically, now you're going to start building your force. Uh, you got to pick a faction. And, you know, there's eight, there's eight in the Wild West Exodus. And depending on which faction you pick, you then start selecting bosses and then you know, these posses or detachments from that that faction. Okay. Obviously, uh, when you're making the decision making, if you're if you're going with that faction, the posse or detachment has to be able to be taken in that faction. So. Okay. So the next step is to grab up your handbooks. So right. We're so going to faction, faction handbooks. The units available uh, to a force, you basically find out how to build your your posses or your detachments from that handbook. Okay. Each force must include at, at, uh, one or more posse or detachments. A posse or detachment is a group of units that are usually led by a boss, if it's a posse or a commander, and then they bring detachments. Most bosses in the game have their own theme. Uh, posse or theme detachment mm-hmm. uh, there are a few that don't and the reason they don't is likely because they don't have a box set yet okay and what's nice is all these these handbooks uh you guys and this right now too recent is all the rules and these handbooks are on the website you just go to the faction and it has listing in there you just click on it you can download it and print it out i like that it, it kind of gives us that that throwback feel if many of us have at one time or still do play a games workshop game where you had these these extra handbooks and i know tom you like these things having these little extra you know gives you a little bit of flavor flavor and and we've yep. discussed why they did this they did this because it's easier to update they don't have to worry about changing any changes don't affect the rule book right. it's easier to update you built your posses or your forces through posses so each posse had their own posse card so when they had to make a change to a posse theme posse they'd have to go into the card matrix and modify that card yeah it's just 
a lot of extra, you know, computer hoops and stuff to jump through and graphics and stuff were involved where now it doesn't involve that. It's, it's a, it's a file and they could just update it in like a windows file system and then hit save and PDF it straight into the web page. It's just so much easier. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and you print the whole kit and caboodle on just a couple of pages instead of having to figure out the size of the print you're going to want. And then you're cutting it out. It, it, it just not needed. So it was a bunch of extra hoops to, to make that. So, um, so which faction are we going to start with? Let's start with union. I know Tom's okay. got that one open because he's all about the union. I have them both open that we were talking about. You have them both open. Well, I, I am prepared-ish. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to start with those blue boys just for you because I know you had them all and then you gave them all to Brian. <laughs> and then they put this box on. I'm like, man, I got union again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So where do we want to start? All right. So the, the union handbook basically first steps out and say, hey, this is where you, you refer. This is our shorthand for a faction handbook is just the handbook. After you agree a point, points limit for your adventure, each player must consult their handbook for the faction they've chosen. The handbook allows a player to create a force, set some stuff, where to go check your unit cards. For avoidance of doubt, the rules presented in the latest version of handbooks are always taking precedence over any unit or detachment rules presented elsewhere. Each union force must include one or more detachments. A detachment is a group of units that are always led by a commander. Uh, There are a number of detachments available to the union, each with an array of units to choose from, and some even with additional rules or benefits. So one of the neat things is as they update a handbook, the new change is going to be in red. Which is neat because, yeah, we're looking at the union's handbook and we have red. And last time I looked at this, this wasn't there. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So the new bit they added was posses and detachments are selected from the following composition rules. Each bullet point is self-contained. You cannot satisfy a requirement from a different bullet point in the composition rules. They say bullet points so that it's a little visually different. Yeah, but it's basically the same as the six cylinder bullet build that we got from the posse cards. The difference is it's just not in that visual layout, basically. basically The same thing. When I first looked at this, I was like, what is this? This looks so simplified and just it's like context. It's not. It's just visually giving you the information in a different way. It is a little more flexible than previous because you don't have to do it in order of the bullet points like you did last in the last edition. Yeah. You right? have to fill one to fill two and you didn't have to fill one and two to fill three. Okay. So okay. There's the, typically you'll see the way they go is you'll see some musts and then you'll see some maze and the must have to be done. The maze you don't. Okay. So did action. Detachment may only ever include one commander unless the detachment composition specifically states otherwise. You cannot put a boss unit in a detachment unless some special thing is in that composition. Up to half the units in a detachment may have the support trait. Okay. Each detachment 
included in the force allows for a single angry mob unit or civilian unit to be included. These are considered friendly units, but are not actually part of any detachment. Okay. And to clarify, that's only detachments get that, not posses. In in a union force, yes. Okay. So but obviously, if we were looking at a different faction's force, that may not be on their list. So yeah, this is just specific to them. Right. I like that. That's right up front. You know, it's not on the individual cards. They're saying, okay, every single one. This is the rules for that. So then the next, the first thing they do is show you what the basically non-thematic faction build is. Uh, These so are the ones I usually go for because I just faction. do so much mixing and matching. These are the ones I usually don't do because I like the thing. I like flavor. <laughs> I like I like spicy soup. <laughs> <laughs> So typically the, these no, no, the faction detachment won't have a bonus. So you, that's what you you may lose by going this route. Yeah. But there are some bosses that don't have themes and this is the only option they have. So the cap, uh, the composition is uh, you must include one commander with the union trait. Straightforward. The next must is you must include a unit with the union and troops trait. Right off the bat, it's like, Dude, if you're a union boss in a normal union faction, you're bringing at least one unit of hands or troops, which is uh, in the detachment realm. Uh, so a military-esque style uh, faction mm-hmm. uh, will have commanders, detachments. Their hands units are actually now called troops. These are all the keywords, right, that, you would, that we've gotten used to seeing on the unit cards. Right. And we did start seeing that in uh, 1.09 is when they first started teasing the Lost World Exodus. Yeah. They were dropping a couple of those models here and there. So you started seeing these names and what they and basically uh, their counterparts. So faces have specialists now uh, are their military-esque like counterparts. Mm-hmm. So those are the things to key up. The union is a military faction. So that's why they're picking up all these terms. The last thing is you may include, so may include means you don't have to, but it gives you that flexibility of building this detachment up. You may include up to a further three units with the union trait. So this is where you get that big flexibility boost is now you can go three units deep into whatever you feel like, right? Yeah, any kind of type. It could be be your specialist. It could be your, uh, not commanders, but your... uh, more troops or, you know, you just got to look at what, yeah, more support units. It's just, you got to think of your points like that unit size. How, how big of a unit can I make this? Right. Now this, this detachment does have a limitation and it basically is that you may not include more than one of any unit. Ah, there's where like say you bring a full unit of union armored troopers and, the must yeah. line, then in that three units that you add, you can't bring another armored trooper. You'll have to bring a, a armored rifleman. Yeah. And then and I mean, free up and bring up this, an armable fire team. Th- this is the don't show up with three rolling thunders rule. Yeah. Yeah. No, but but I mean, it one. makes sense when you yep. think about a, a military you know, detachment. They're not going to have all these multiple dudes. They're going to have one squad 
that's of this type. And then another squad of this type of, you know, soldier. So I kind of like that. It makes sense to me, but you can still show up with three rolling thunders. They're just going to be all commanded by different bosses or different commanders. That's true. Yeah. You could do the more than one command thing. So you can very easily bring uh, one boss or one commander, like you can bring, you know, Grant, a three-man rifleman unit, and yeah, boom, yeah. got your Rolling Thunder as your, your first May, and then turn around and bring Custer, one thing of troops. <laughs> and, yeah, it, like you did and say. And then, this, boom, another Rolling Thunder. It then is. you bring Willis Shaw, one three-man team of rifle. Yeah, how many points boom. are you playing with? <laughs> no, just, that's not very many points, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that that all fit in a 75 game i believe <laughs> it, it, you know what in this this style of building out your detachments or posses is a little bit easier once you kind of look at it like how we just hit all those bullet points it's easier to break that down and compare that to points yeah this one right here is not restrict really restrictive at all it's pretty straightforward of what you have to take or may take Man, I'm going to have be printing out stat cards I can see right now and just have them all laid out <laughs> like bullet, <laughs> you know, in place of bullet points and lines and stuff. All right. So now we get into the themes. All right. I'm taking this one. Manifest Destiny Detachment. Composition. You must include Abraham Lincoln as the detachment commander. He must have the legendary trait. So legendary Abe. Yep. It's Easy enough. Here. You must include two units with both the union and the commander traits. So this is this is basically the all boss faction that uh, detachment that we're looking at here. Okay. Um, next bullet, you may include up to a further three units with both the union and commander traits. So, so three more commanders. Three more. So we're talking about possibly six commanders in this uh, detachment, which is a little scary sounding. Um, I don't know how effective that is in reality, but it sounds scary. The last bullet point, though, all models in the detachment lose the command role, and that includes Abraham Lincoln. Mm. So I find that a little odd, uh, that even Abe, even the commander is going to lose the command role. Um, right. It basically means they don't share fortune. Yep, at all. So... Which makes sense. You're not just stacking up one guy. It's not just everybody stacking their stuff on Abe. So, and the bonus is all units in this detachment receive plus one to their fortune, though. Oh, so yeah. Pretty nice. Yeah. So Abe will, Abe will have five, and everyone else will have basically four, except for Custer. If you bring Custer, and he'll have nine. Oh, geez. <laughs> Custer be getting some work done, which is not too shabby. <laughs> right. Mm, boy oh boy uh you guys want me to do the next one if you like all right i'll do the next one i'm super enthused by the union (laughs) (laughs) i'll do it i'll do it burning the breeze detachment so the composition for this one is you must include a mounted willa shaw as the detachment commander which is pretty cool uh you must include two units with both the Union and Iron Horse traits, 
And you may, if you want, include up to a further four units with both the union and mounted trade. So this, this is your bikes. This is your zoom zooming around the board. Um, the limitation on this is you may not include more than one of any unit, except those with both the union and iron horse traits. And then the bonus for this is when mounted Willishaw is destroyed, you may place a new Willishaw unit, the one without the mounted trait within one inch of the destroyed unit. New Willishaw unit cannot be placed into impassable terrain. And she is still considered destroyed for victory points uh, and other purposes. The new Willishaw unit is the detachment's commander. The new Willishaw unit has the disorder condition and may not activate that round. So it's basically like her bike blew up, right? And she got knocked off, off it to the ground. So now she's on foot. Right. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. I mean, yeah. it's like in a second life. Yeah, I mean, her points are still won by the other team, but you have still have a unit that's doing things. Yeah, right. Yeah. Downside is uh, her hitting the board disordered does give your opponent the ability to, if they have another destroy boss card, get the victor points all over again. Yeah, that is a downside on that. I was so. just going to say that. Does she count as dying twice? <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. So the next faction theme is the forlorn hope detachment in this composition you must include armstrong custer as the detachment commander you also the next must is you must include two units with the union human and troops traits then you go into the maze and you may include a unit with the union and human traits and you may include up to a further three units with all three of the following traits, human, union, and troops. And the bonus for this detachment is all units in a detachment with the human trait may focus the movement part of their charge special action for free, even though normally you're not allowed to. It's a pretty nice bonus, actually, to move them up and across the board is, you know, fast, uh, grab those objectives or just get in somebody's face. Uh, we should have switched these two posses, I just thought. Tom, you should have done Custer and should have had Brian do his his favorite posse of all time right there. Nope, I'm taking it. It's You're taking now. it? You're snatching it, snatch it from him. That's all right. I forgot, <laughs> I forgot to talk about burning the breeze. I was going to say there should be a requirement in there. They have to have like Skinner, as they call me, the breeze playing anytime that you're using that. <laughs> Oh boy, that's not right. too that's not too southern for these no northern boys. No, nah, it's fine. It's all fine. <laughs> okay, we're all one big country here. <laughs> all right. So the next the next one is a posse, and I'm taking it for Brian, who's actually left his chair. He's he's in so much pain having someone else talk about this. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Next up is the Infernal Investigation Posse. Notice it is not a detachment. It is a posse. Uh, this posse may be included in a lawman force or a union force. Yeah, that's right. They have the two icons up in the corner. So that's something yeah. to pay attention on these. Absolutely. So composition, you must include Helena Miller as the posse boss. Makes sense. She's the yeah. boss. You must include two units with both a lawman and agent trait. You may include a unit with at least two of the following three traits, union, lawman, and agent. 
you may include up to a further four units with both the lawman and agent traits. You may include up to one unit with the union and canine simulacra trait. I'm glad that was you, not me. <laughs> we'll call that simulacra. Simulacra? I don't know. It's a dog. It's a robot dog. <laughs> Limitation. <laughs> you may not include a commander in the posse. What were you going to say, I, I was going to say, you know what that word probably just means? Mechanical dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, What's the bonus on this? The bonus on this is units in the Fosse game plus three for focused action checks rather than the usual plus two. Okay. So this is this is an agent posse, basically. Mostly lawman heavy, but an agent posse. This one, it's got a lot of, uh, okay, so the, now the composition, the first two are must, but all the rest are all may. The last three bullet points are all may, so there's a lot of flexibility in this. Um, and like we've mentioned before, a lot of this just comes down to those keywords. When you first look at the stat cards, these are right under their name. You're looking for, you know, lawman agent, or you're looking for, you know, union lawman agent, and they're telling you, right, basic stuff have at least two of these underneath their, right. their little keywords. I like this. I really like this. And uh, Okay, next one. I'll go to the next one. We have important breaking information here. A simulacra is a representation or imitation of a person or thing. So basically, like I said, a robot. <laughs> 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 it's artificial. <laughs> yeah, but this is... This is recalcitrant all over again is what this is. Recalcitrant. <laughs> well, notice they don't call the bonus uh, prodigious. Phew. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know what's funny is that stuff bleeds into my real world when the old wife is a little kind of crabby and, you know, so I'm like, why are you being so recalcitrant? <laughs> oh, we've got we've got a pronunciation on this too. It's simulacra. Simulacra. Boy, that was way off, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I you know usually I'm the pronunciation corrector, but I had to look that one up. I had wow. to have the phone read it to me. <laughs> I like I said, I'm glad that was you, not me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Next up. So I'll do the next one. Irresistible force detachment. I just like that title. Irresistible force. Okay. So composition, you must include Nikolai Tesla as the detachment commander. So we got another detachment here. You must include two units with the Tesla masterworks rule. And then we go to some maze. You may include a unit with a union trait. And the fourth bullet point is you may include up to a further three units with the union and automata traits. I always have to sound that one out. Uh, limitation. You may not include more than two units with the canine. Okay. What was it again, Tom? <laughs> Simulacra? I got it, I think. Simulacra. Simulacra trait so you may not include more than two of those units bonus at the start of each round you may remove the disorder condition from any units in the detachment with the automata trait within 10 inches of the detachment commander 
Now, is this basically the two-player starter, uh, like part of it anyway? Um, sort of. Sort of. So it's right. kind of so the two start faces, of this, right? The two faces that come in the box, neither one has Tesla back. Okay, so it's more the, the it's more of the the generic union build out then. It would be easier to do as a generic. Yes. Okay, okay. I feel like this is also one of the ones that War Cradle missed a huge opportunity of uh, basically using the irresistible force paradox. You know where we have the uh, unstoppable force hits the immovable object. I feel like we should have also had an immovable object over in the enlightened handbook, but yeah, missed missed opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Brian, you're up with no surrender detachment. So we're going, we're still so far. We've only had one posse. I think these have all been detachments so far. And actually, they did add Tesla Masterwork to Union Bell. So, yes, technically, you can use his. I think uh, earlier in the card reveals, she did not have that. Mm, So that's a recent oversight that they, I mean, because she's running around with Tesla. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So they 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 added it. So, yes, it is now legal uh, straight out of the box to run. Okay. All right. So the next. Detachment is the no surrender detachment. You must include Odysseus Grant as the detachment commander. You must include Alfred Woodhouse in this detachment. And a third must include two units with the union and human trait. Then you have, you may include up to two units with the union trait. You may include up to a further three units with all three of the following traits, union, human, and troops. As a bonus, units in this detachment automatically pass morale checks. You may take a charge sergeant for each troops unit in this detachment. These do not count towards the limit on the number of units in this detachment. So it's uh, like a free add-on. That charge sergeant's huge. Uh, in oh, the old huge. rules, in the old rules, you had to have three units to get a charge sergeant. Now you get it for each unit. Right. Uh, do you have we, to pay the cost? It used to be a free charge sergeant. Do you have to pay for the the cost? I think you still pay for them. It's just they don't count in the the must or the maze. Gotcha. So it al- allows you to go higher in unit total in this one detachment. Makes sense. And then we only have one more detachment, and it's uh, Abraham Lincoln non-legendary detachment you did the first you did the legendary one tom so you're up with the uh all right so plain we got jane. Secret, we've got the secret service plain jane detachment composition you must include abraham lincoln as the detachment commander doesn't say anything about not having the legendary there does it just saying abraham lincoln is abraham lincoln you could probably also bring the legendary in here now if you wanted to We'll see. That, is that is not part of the limitation. Yep. So you breaking uh, stuff already. <laughs> I'm just pointing things out that are that are different from old from old timey things. Old timey. Uh, you must include two units with both the union and agent traits. You may include a unit with the agent trait. You may include up to a further three units with both the union and agent traits. You may include up to two units with the union and automata traits. 
Okay, that's a new one here. Yep, that's a new one in red. Uh, limitation, you may not include any unit with the mounted trait unless it also has the agent trait. Okay. Are, there, are, are there any mounted agents? I don't even know offhand if there are. Yes. There oh, is. boy. Uh, just oh. from that look, you should know. Just from <laughs> that look. Who, 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 is that, who is that mounted agent? I'm not even sure. <laughs> yeah, it's like I see him going. <laughs> <laughs> There is one mounted agent in the game. Who 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 is that mounted agent? Who is that mounted man? <laughs> uh, the bonus: any unit in this detachment may lose the undercover rule if they wish and deploy normally. Once per round, a single unit in this detachment may re-roll the dice in the player's check, even if successful. You may not re-roll part of the check or another player's check using this rule. It must be all the dice and only in your own check. Brian, you want to translate that into English? Because there's a lot of words there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So basically, once per round, as a player, you can re-roll a dice pool. So say you're using a Gatlin and you throw down three dice, normally you would re-roll. It only counts as one dice gets a reroll. What this allows you to do is you can just go, like, say it just, they all suck, and you're like, ah, I'm going to go ahead and use my detachment reroll. You you gather up all the dice and then roll again. That's kind of nice, actually, because there's, yeah, there's sometimes you just totally whiff the roll, and, you know, you totally miss uh so i kind of like that it, it a little security for them the downside is I, I don't really think this this detachment has a whole lot of roa high roa <laughs> yeah so that's true, that's true. It. but it could be uh, any check though it could it uh could be any any check yeah so i mean if you're you know rolling a grit check could be that right so it could help your guys hang around a little bit longer I love the uh, in parentheses, even if successful. Yep. So say there's a, a check you wanted to fail. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's times in games I've played where you do want, you're like, crap, I didn't want to win. I didn't want to get that role. Right. Uh, okay. So then the handbook goes into what's called the armory. Um, and it basically details the ability of certain types of units in, the, in that faction can upgrade to different weapons. Okay. And there are four in the Union, uh, Iron Horses, Heavy Interceptors, the Fire Team, and K-9 Gun Dogs. Yeah, and these, these lists basically what they're what the weapon, this, the type of weapon it is, like if it's ranged or... Uh, right, it, it lists all the details of that weapon because okay. what, what's going to happen is if you... It's a way of changing what's on the car. For example, with Iron Horses, uh, any unit with the Iron Horse trait and a heat... Union Force may replace its Gatling guns with one of the following weapons for no additional cost. Each model in the unit must be armed with the same replacement weapons. Okay. So it's not like going to cost you anything different, and it allows you to pick a different set of weapons for that unit. So if you're maybe you're stun shy and you want to give up those badass Gatlings, which um, you may never do this, but you might, you can grab electro cannons, right? So you would then get 20-inch range, pierce two, ROA of three, 
they pick up special and stun and they crit to shock. Not a bad investment for one of your units because the stun is on, you know, that, that's, that's a condition that you're going to be dropping, but then it also has shock and shock is even better. <laughs> so yeah, not a bad trade-off. Flamethrowers, obviously they, the ROA goes down to two, no pierce. You use the, the, the turret and it pick up hazardous and minus two pierce on crit. Rocket pods, 15 inches, minus two pierce, ROA of two, special indirect, and they crit stun. So they're ROA trade of one, right? right? ROA of two. one, right? ROA of two. One. Oh, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong rocket pod. Right. When you go over to interceptors, I think they only have one. So, uh, yeah, as you, do, you go to the different units, they have different uh, Different upgrades? Okay. So, like, the heavy interceptor is the twin Hyper-V rifle that's kitted out on the interceptors and you can swap those out for some, some can electro cannons, flamethrower or a rocket pod. Uh, I'm not really sure why the rocket pod goes down to one. Since yeah. dual rocket. Well, all, all of the weapons are worse on the interceptor than they are on the iron horses. Well, again, the, the, the twin hyper V rifle is not a gap. So the, the they're different. So the, the goal is the, because there's no additional cost for these, you don't want the trade-in to be that much better. So they're going to be in the same ballpark of what to expect. Now the fire team, these none of them are as good as the Gatlin, but it does give you the option of picking up some of these other qualities and special qualities. So some of these might not be bad. You know, when I'm looking at these, and some of this just seems like it could be flavor. You know, if you want something different and uh, give a guy a different job type of thing. So is it a good strategy? I don't know, but it's probably a fun strategy, right? Could be. And then the last page on the handbook is they call it the appendix. And it's gives you the ability to, to maybe give you the heads up of what to bring in replacement of classic models that don't actually have anything equivalent to the new dog wants to come through the door and eat the cat. <laughs> I figured that's what was going on. Cause I saw him by the door teasing. Um, and so that right now there's three classic models, rolling thunder, hopped heavy bore and flame truck. And they basically count as Ironhide, And they, they, they basically have a notes thing where they may, tell you to add something new to it hmm. i don't love that i'm just gonna throw that out there don't love it leave it at that i know why they're doing it it's the same thing they did with the dystopian wars they don't want to give uh, i guess veteran or historic players access to super niche things that new players just there's no way for them to get access to so they make a generic option for those classic models to still be used, but nowhere near as effective as they would be if it was uh, a live version of that model. I, I understand the reason for it. Um, I don't like that they have not created some new 
versions of the models for these. I think that they're pretty iconic, and I, I frankly, I hate the I hate the Ironhide. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've always hated it. Uh, I, I never bought one because I've always hated. I, I, I hate the bottle. I think it's kind of st- stupid looking. Everyone's got a pickup truck, but you know, like I said, <laughs> if if we want to go into it, um, I, I really think that uh, some of these models were pretty iconic and should have had some sort of a rework for them done for. Well, and I understand the costs. I understand the business reasons for it. You know, there's a lot of reasons not to do it. I understand, but this this one I don't like. Well, here's the context of them actually having the iron hide listed as an actual model option is probably because it's something that they are developing, and yeah. more than likely it'll be in a similar vein as how they did the iron horse, where the kit will be able to have an extra bits and pieces to kit out the doomsday version, the judgment version, the various other heavy vehicle versions. And then once that happens, we'll get all those cards because everyone uh, would have access. Yeah, to I'm, feel, I'm still feel, bringing feels, my feels chunk kind of, of resin. <laughs> it feel, feels kind of samey to me. Just saying you take, take some of the flavor out of the, uh, out of the, out of the posse. I, you know, and I'll leave it at that. I don't like it. But that's it is what it is. I just don't like it. So hey, you know what? I'm, I'm not just gonna be a total fanboy all the time. When I don't like something, I'm gonna say it. Well, I, I do I, miss. I, I do miss being I able to like. hang people off the back of a judgment. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I, I I think that again, this this just brings a sameness to across the posse's that I don't like. The posse's across the factions that I don't like. Fair critique, not a fair critique. I don't, I don't know, but yeah, that's fair, Tom. Um, I, I think it'll be one of those things. We'll just have to see what the future brings. Well, before we get into the second faction handbook that we wanted to cover today in this episode, the Enlightened, let's take a break and hear a little Christmas tale since it is the holidays, and I think this will help us all get in the mood. We're going to hear Twice the Night Before Exodus Christmas by our friend of the show, Sam Burridge, and it's read by Mary Kay. Twas the night before Christmas and all through the West. Lawmen and outlaws were taking a rest. Watchers were all hibernating in their pods. Even the hex was in the land of Nod. The natives were nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of the great spirit danced in their heads. And Wyatt in his long johns and Doc in his cap had just settled down for a long winter's nap. When out on the veranda there arose such a clatter, Doc sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window he flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-blown sand gave the luster of midday to the Arizona land. When what to Doc's wandering eyes should appear, but Dr. Carpathian with reanimated reindeer, those terrible animals so mechanical and strong, Doc knew in a moment something was wrong. More ugly as vultures, his coursers they came, 
and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Slasher, now Smasher, now Stamper and Viper, on Portent, on Heartbreak, on Bomber and Biter, to the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now smash away, smash away, smash away all. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, they threw it to the sky. So up to the housetop the coursers they flew, with a sleigh full of weapons, and Carpathian too. When in a crescendo Doc heard from the roof the stamping and pawing of each mighty hoof. As Doc drew his gun and he was turning around, down the chimney Carpathian came with a bound. He was dressed in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with RJ and soot. A bundle of guns he had flung on his back, and he looked like a devil just opening his pack. His eyes how they glittered, his grimace was scary. His cheeks were pale, this was no festive fairy. His mouth was drawn up in a rictus-like grin, and the mutton chops on his cheek was as black as sin. The stump of a cigar he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke, it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a devilish face and a bionic eye that would glow bright red when someone was about to die. Fresh ammo for Wyatt, bourbon for Doc. Even Jesse James got something in his sock. All of the presents to give a cowpoke some hope, although it may be a reach when he gave a Clanton some soap. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk. Then kicking the door down into the night as he goes, he didn't give a fig if Wyatt and Doc froze. He sprang to his sleigh all shiny and bright, and they all took off as their bum was alight. But I heard him exclaim ere he drove out of sight, Wild Westmas to all, and to all a good fight. All right, Brian. Well, we have one more faction we want to go over today, and it is also another one that comes in that new two-player box set. So we're going to go in the way of my way a little bit, the Enlightened, right? So we have the Enlightened Handbook. Right. So is there anything in the beginning of this handbook, Brian, is there anything special? Uh, I, You know, we kind of went over the one for the Union. I mean, it's kind of saying the same thing, right? In the handbook, yeah, it just intros the things. You can only have one commander unless it says specifically. Okay, uh, attachments can't include boss units. Up to half of the unit in the detachment may have the support trait. Each attachment included in the force is allowed to bring a single angry mob unit or civilian unit. They're considered friendly, but not part of any detachment. Okay. So um, I, I have a feeling the beginning of these handbooks are all going to be very, very similar. Right. And the three new dust-offs yeah. have some new stuff. So okay. obviously when if, when the Enlightenment may get a catch-up, it'll probably pick up some of the other little verbiages that we saw on the new Outlaw, Lawman, and the Hex. Just the got Hex. a new one. It's just one of those things you'll have to... As you look at these, kind of pay attention to they either have a date in the bottom or maybe right. what the version is up in the top corner. 
I know they did mention that they were going to, because some people were concerned they were printing all these cards off and stuff like that, that they're going to slow down a little bit uh, on like the updates and stuff till like spring, maybe, but right, so they're not really going to make any updates unless they're like uh major. Yeah. Like big issue that can't just be agreed on, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they, they did update the FAQ, you know, I want to say last week, they made some updates to those three factions, but I think it was specific to like a couple of things that were kind of broken, like okay, Quintrell's posse just can't be used the way it's written. Yeah. So yeah, they updated that's, it to where you got to fix can, that. Right. And they basically, uh, some, someone from the uh, community noticed that the posse is supposed to be a bunch of, you know, iron horses, but you know, outlaw iron horses are all support. Ah, yeah. There's a problem there. So you're stuck at <laughs> half of them can be support. The rest have to be regular guys, but his, his posse build was bring a bunch of, you know, support models that you can't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you can only bring one unit because it's him. He's not a support <laughs> unit. And then, so you can only bring one, one unit of support. Well. And then you're bought. You can't do anything else. So, you know, it was a fairly oops. And, uh, they were quick for that. Yeah. They were quick to go ahead and fix and that's, that. Cause that's the whole point okay. of these being online, right? So they can digitally correct things quickly and easily and not, you know, mess with the rule book where it's going to be outdated. It's just, as always watch for the red, red print. Cause that shows, right. you know, it can give the heads up, but just change. Yeah. 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 So let's All right. jump in. Yeah. Let's jump in. So the first detachment we'll discuss is the enlightened faction detachment. So this is just a generic faction. This is the most flexible and commonly deployed detachment found in the enlightened. The broad range of units available make this an essential component of any commander's force. Uh, the composition is pretty easy. You must include one commander unit with the enlightened trait. You must include a unit with the enlightened trait and the troops trait. Okay. And then the, the last little thing says you may include up to a further four units with the enlightened trait, but there's a limitation is you may not include more than one of any unit. So this detachment is the basically bring one unit of everything you have. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cause you can't double up on henchmen. You can't double up on menials. You, you have to just get the one unit, but you might mm -hmm. as well, max it out and, uh, the nice thing with the enlightened units is they're usually they're pretty high numbers a lot of a lot of dudes in those units so you may feel like well i'm not getting a whole lot it's enlightened you're gonna end up getting a whole lot it's real flexible so really the push is to go ahead and try to do a theme because you can yeah. pick up a bonus this yeah. detachment does not have a bonus so some of the other detachments with certain bosses have really good bonuses if you're bringing mm -hmm. the basic troops that you probably want to try and and do the the musts in a couple of those other you know detachments yeah just to get that bonus right so the order of these detachments are alphabetical so it's just weird that the first one we're going to jump into is the court of the zombu <laughs> yeah yeah it's just like i was like wait a second 
Uh, okay, well, it still kind of works. You can like get through a couple of the tried and true enlightenment, but it's all alphabetical, so it's like right into okay, some swamp zombies. And I, I I do like the the cleanness of these, you know. It's, it's printer friendly. Yeah, it's bullet points. It does give you the information you need. Like for this first one, it 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 not only tells you, but it has all the little icons of the factions. So right, yeah. you know, you can quickly look at that. All oh, this will work with those. So right at a glance, you can see the enlightened skull coin, the hex hooded coin, and then the the actual red outlaw coin with mm-hmm. the, the the girl <laughs> uh so the posse may include this posse so this is one of the posses that are inside the enlightened umbrella may include hex enlightened or an outlaw force so that's what those symbols are for and then the composition must include marie laveau as the posse boss then you must include two units with the Nazambu trait which may include up to two of the following Confederate hands or construct menials, both of which gained the Nazumbu trait hmm. because of the bonus, right? That's a bonus thing that, that happens. Oh, yeah. Okay. The original that was listed as the posse bonus, but they've kind of reworded it to where in the bullets it tells you, hey, you can bring these others and they automatically get the zombie trait. Okay. Uh, so it's a little more, it's clarified that y- now you know when the trait is being applied. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> before it was in the bonus, there was some confusion about when did that bonus trigger. So now it's real clear. It tells you specific. And then you may include up to a further four units with the Zombu trait. Okay. And the last line is you may include a unit with both the Confederate and face traits. And this unit gains the Zombu trait. Mm, so you're making a face and not Zombu. Okay. And then there's a limitation that says the posse may not include legendary Zombu units in an outlaw or enlightened force with the exception of Opie and Cemetery Criminal. Okay. Okay. So yeah, basically it's... saying if you're playing this posse in an outlaw or enlightened force, you can only bring Opie or Seminary Criminal but you cannot legendary the bow. Okay. It, it basically went or any of the other legendaries. It just yeah. it gives you the, the two options that they, they prefer, but it kind of excludes everything. The bonus for this is units with the zombie trait automatically pass all morale checks. So that's why they keep giving the units that you're gaining that aren't a zombie, get a zombie. Yeah. That way they, they get the bonus that comes that comes in handy especially for uh like the constructs the menials they got yeah. a fairly low mind so you know they'll you want them to hang around and even the confederate hands those guys are you know your your shooters uh right. you definitely don't want them running off all right so we got the next one so the next one is covenant symposium detachment so it's a detachment uh and the composition for this one is you must include burn sun carpathian as the detachment commander so this is the the head cheese of the enlightened and you must include two units with both both as the keyword there enlightened and commander traits the next bullet point you may include up to a further three units with both the enlightened and commander traits. And then lastly, all models in the detachment lose the command rule. 
So this is basically what the the I don't I don't want to say bosses, but the all commander list that um, gets all his his buddies. To, very similar. It's very similar to you know the Abe Lincoln. Yeah. Bring all the all the commanders list there as well. Yeah. Yeah. And all the units in this detachment receive plus one to their fortune, but they're not sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Which can be pretty powerful, really. Uh, They're all going to be plus one to fortune. So they're all going to at least be carrying around four. Yeah. Uh, Some of them are going to be carrying around five. Yeah. It just depends which ones you pick to go with uh, Carpathian. Um, There's a lot of strong bosses with enlightened <laughs> so could be interesting so the next one that we have is discordant symphony detachment and you must include thomas edison as the detachment commander and thomas won't go far without mina so the next bullet is you must include mina edison mm-hmm. and then you must include a unit with both enlightened and phonic traits the then you can may include up to four units with both enlightened and phonic traits and then there's a bullet that says phonic blaster menials lose the limited number rule Hmm. so when they're not in this posse they probably have a there's a function on the card that says you can only bring so many well yeah in his posse he could pull bring the full unit Hmm. so that'll be interesting yeah Uh, the bonus when taken in this detachment canine gun dogs automatically gain a phonic trait and must replace their Gatling guns with phonic blasters for no additional cost. Phonic blasters may make attacks using either of the two profiles. And then it lists the two profiles. Okay. You know, the high frequency is a 15 each range, Pierce two ROA of one. It has the quality of refined and it's crits stun. And then the low frequency is a torrent Minus one Pierce ROA of one, and it crits disorder. Okay. So this is the new phonics in the game. They do not push around models like they did previously. Yeah. But those are not not bad. Stunning no. disorder, pretty good crit boons. So yeah, yeah, not bad. All right. So the next one is uh, another detachment. This is the Dixie Resurrection Detachment. I I generally like this one. It's a Confederate Rebellion detachment, and it may be included in an outlaw force that also includes at least one other Confederate Rebellion detachment or in an enlightened force. So the composition of this one is uh, you must include Annabelle Hamilton as the detachment commander. Next bullet point, you must include two units with the Confederate and uh, face traits. Uh, You must include a further unit with the enlightened trait and the last bullet point is you may include up to three further units with the construct or confederate traits yeah i like uh, that it's or yeah it really yeah. opens up things for that last bullet yeah it gives you a little bit of flexibility and then the limitation on this is you may not include more than one of any unit except for those with the construct and confederate traits and then the bonus that you get is all construct units in the detachments that start the encounter with the maximum number of models gain the Confederate trait. So that's kind of cool. If you just build out all the construct units to the max number, they're automatically getting the Confederate trait. Right. And that allows some of the powers 
that trigger with Confederate traits. Yeah. Now they, they can, you know, benefit from that. Which I, I what yeah. the one that pops in my head right away is rebel yell. Right. That, that's a good one. It's, you know, you're motivating <laughs> these constructs to keep going. Now, one of the things I, uh, I will point out that, that we just kind of went over really quickly is in an outlaw force, you cannot just bring Dixie resurrection. If you want to bring Dixie resurrection, you have to have another Confederate rebellion detachment. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like a key. So when we go over other rebellion detachments, it's to kind of remember it's like you can't just bring it in outlaw. If you could do an outlaw force and you want to do a rebellion, you're going to need to bring two different rebellion detachments mm-hmm. just to just to bring one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so it, it, in a way, it does yeah. have that limitation. Right, right, right. It's just it's basically is is if you're going to bring, if you want to bring Annabelle, you, you, you're going to have to have a second rebellion in your outlaw force. Yeah, yeah. All right. So the next one is Father of the Enlightened Detachment, which is the big cheese again. Yeah, yeah. You must include Versen Carpathian as the detachment commander. You must include a unit with both the enlightened and face traits, you must include a further unit with the enlightened trait. You may include up to a further four units with the enlightened trait. There is a limitation. You may not include more than one of any unit except brute fire teams. Brutes. Okay. And the bonus units of brute fire teams in this attachment that start the encounter with the maximum number of models all gain grit plus one. That's pretty big for them. Um, that's huge. And, well, yeah. okay. So, and if you think about it, the box set that Carpathian's box set is called the father in light. Mm-hmm. This is like perfect for that, you know, because yeah. it comes with a bunch of extra brutes, you know, buy some more because you're going to want them. Yeah. So that he has a really good synergy with those brute, you know, fire teams. So you're going to want to grab a couple more. One, you're, you're pretty much open to bring as many as you want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they get a plus one grit, so that's not bad. That's actually pretty good. All right, a lot of these, a lot of a lot of these are, you know, kind of pointing towards those those box sets, right? Right. Yeah. So the next one's Galvanic Mysteries Detachment. You know what? I think this is one I still don't have because I have a lot of the individual units that you would use to build this. So the composition for this one, and I know this is a this is a favor of a lot of people, is you must include. Augusta Byron as the detachment commander. Second bullet point is you must include two units with both both the enlightened and construct traits. And you may include a unit with the enlightened trait. And you may include up to a further three units with the enlightened and construct traits. Now, the bonus for her is once per round when She or a construct in this detachment within 10 inches of Byron is declared as the initial target of an attack. Byron makes a mind check. If passed, Byron or the targeted unit may remove a single condition that has already been applied to them at that time. If they fail, the condition remains as normal. It's basically every time somebody in a construct or her get targeted, she can make a mind check. Just well, it's, it's like a reaction. Round. Yeah, once per it, round. It once per round. So it's it is a tactical use to remove a, a condition 
if she or a nearby construct is targeted. So yeah, kind of a really neat power uh, ability, but definitely a good bonus to have. Yeah, so, it kind of because yeah, those all those little conditions. That's how you kind of control the board, right? It's how you right. slow slow these units down. Well, she she has the ability to be like just shake it off. She's like, no, <laughs> you know, because that's what you do is you pile this stuff on and then you just you keep hammering on somebody and that's how you get rid of them. Well, that just makes it harder to get rid of her or these constructs. Right. All right. Stop, talk about get rid of the next detachment is the meat <laughs> grinder. Detachment. You must include Kyle the Black as the detachment commander. You must include two units with all three of the following traits, enlightened, construct, and troops. So if you think about it, it's his box is, you know, a bunch of troops yeah. and, you know, one phase. So the next, you jump into the maze, you may include up to a further two units with the enlightened trait. And that's pretty big. That gives you two options where it's, it doesn't matter as long as it comes from the enlightened, mm-hmm. you know, model set you have no other restrictions so that that that's how you can bring you know virgil just yeah. comes in the box uh yeah. but it also gives you the ability to to snatch up another face and they don't have to actually be a contract face so you can bring you know a variety of people to fill that second unit and then the last may include up to a further three units with enlightened construct and troops so you can have up to five different cons- troop construct units you know, yeah, this is the giant, the giant mass detachment, <laughs> right. just lots of bodies. So the limitation is you may not include more than one of any unit except those with all three of the following traits. And you've seen these before, enlightened, construct, and troops. So you can spam the poo out of the construct menials if that's all you want to bring. Mm-hmm. Or you can bring the abominations or you can spam them. Because you, you have five options to bring them. So, you know, well, actually, technically, you can bring them in the other May. So you could technically have. Yeah. Uh, it has just that enlightened. That's all you need. The enlightened you have seven troops. hands troops <laughs> units in this thing. Wow. Uh, units using the Carpathian rule in the detachment have the range of that rule increased 10 inches. That's big. What is it normally now? It's it's not 10 inches. It's less, <laughs> you know, which used to have a big, pretty big range. But I think it's yeah. like, I want to say it's like six inches now. I think it's six. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be pretty close. But 10 inches is 10 is 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 nice. Yeah. And huh. for those of you who can't remember or maybe not familiar with the enlightened, the Carpathian rule uh, or the Carpathian rule allows some of the bosses and there's a few faces that could do it as well it gives them this these construct specialists the ability to bring models back to the board that were destroyed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you know if you lose a unit a model in a unit that are within that range you get to roll a dice and possibly put d5 back yeah yeah not, not bad and get a little bigger range on that is nice all right, so this next one was something that I built into uh, when we had our little posse build challenge thing. Uh, I have to double check that I'm still legal <laughs> for that. 
but it I is know, right? <laughs> Me too, for my birds. murder of the hellion posse so this posse may be included in an enlightened force or an outlaw force so and reason is is you must include cam as the posse boss so cam is both enlightened and outlaw and then the next bullet point is you must include two units with all three of these following traits enlightened construct and hellion and then you may, you don't have to, you may include Vlad Ursel. And the last bullet point is you may include up to a further four units, all three of the following traits, Enlightened, Construct, and Hellion. So you can have four more units with those, those traits. Now, the limitation on this is you may not include any commander units. So this is a straight boss posse. And then the bonus, Cam has the range of his Carpathogen rule for Hellion units in the posse increased to 15. 15. Yeah. We were just yeah. talking about how 10 was good. 15. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, there he flies. So yeah, he's yeah. he just flies over to that, you know, those pieces and brings them back to life, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's just this this bonus with some of the other ones it really encourages you to build you know to the strength of the well just the think posse. you know if you have cam it, it's totally not worth going the faction route yeah well yeah technically he can't he can't he can't <laughs> I just realize that because he's not a commander so he can't use the 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 base the enlightened faction detachment yeah because he's not a commander so never mind. Had- the only thing That's I can think of is we, if when we get to it, we'll have to look at him and the um, the outlaws handbook to see how the outlaws treat him and uh, like the generic outlaw posse, um, right. to see how that he can handle that. I gotta double check that man. <laughs> Why? Why would you ever just always bring it? bring the hellion posse well that's true that 15 inch um, rule you'll never bring him in any other way i'm trying to see if i can see i have to check on points and stuff because when we did ours i did a heavy spider yeah. build but that was like right, right. i ended up using cam as an outlaw and then i just took two faces with them because i just point wise as where i ran out of points so right yeah i'll have to check that out but uh anyway so, that'll be for another time <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, right. So the next one is regula- Regulators Posse. This posse may be included in Enlightened Hex or an Outlaw Force. The composition is you must include Billy the Kid as the Posse Boss. You must include two units with the Regulators trait. You may include up to a further four units with the Regulators trait, and you may include one unit with the Outlaw and Canine Simulcra trait. Okay. The bonus for this posse is each unit in the posse gains the tainted trait. Once per activation, if a unit in the posse wipes out the last model in an enemy's unit with a combat action, the regulator's unit gains plus one fortune, even if they do not have a fortune value for the duration of that round. So question says you include in an, say an enlightened, because this is, it's kind of weird that this is in the Enlightened Handbook, but 
how, how would you do that, Brian? You're just basically splitting it, right? Your, your total points. It's like he's teaming up with an enlightened force. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, so when you're building your force, you, you start with picking a faction, right? Mm-hmm. Then you start picking bosses and they bring their detachment or, or posse or posse, depending on if they're a commander or a boss. So uh, say you want to do enlightened and your first boss you want to take is Carpathy. Okay. So you're like, okay, do I want to do the the stand, you know, the faction detachment, or do I want to bring Father of the Enlightened? Well, if I bring Father Enlightened, I decide, okay, I have to do my musts, mm-hmm. right? To to be able to bring it, you have to do the must. So you jump over to the musts and you look and see you have to at least bring two units, right? You have to bring a face and enlightened unit, and then you have to bring a unit with just enlightened. So, you know, you, you have those two units you have to bring for this to actually count as a detachment, right? Okay. Otherwise, you're going to have to use the, the faction detachment, not the father and light. So you have to actually do those two things before you consider, hey, you are taking the father and light, and then it unlocks the bonus. Okay. Okay. So then you next step is hey i want to bring billy the kid so then you go over and you say okay billy the kid to bring his posse which is the only way to bring billy the kid into your force you're again you're forced to hit the must so you can't just bring billy you have to bring a posse yeah so to bring his regulators posse you have to must include two units with the regular strength so right there you have one detachment with two units you have to take mm-hmm. and then a posse where you have to take two units. So okay. that's, that's how you start. And then you can start filling out the rest of those bullets. Right. But you have to actually hit those musts before you technically have brought that detachment. Okay. Okay. And also it, the reason you can take Billy is because it says right here, he will work within enlightened hex or outlaw. Force. Force. So like you would just apply the same kind of thought if you were going to do a hex. Right. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So I have the next one and I'm excited about this because this is the other part of my build that I did. And I am right. super excited about trying out the new models and we got. In the two-player box set. Yeah. Now. Yeah. So we have spider in the web detachment. Now, the composition for this is you must include a Gustav Eiffel as the detachment commander. You must include either a Strider calf or a Widower unit. So it's either or. You must include a further unit with the Enlightened trait. So that's pretty open-ended. And then we get to our maze. So you may include up to three units with the Enlightened trait. And you may include any combination of up to three in total of the following Strider calf or widower units. Now, the limitation for this is you may not include more than one of any unit except for the Strider calves or the widower units, but you get a bonus. The Strider calf and widower units may focus the movement part of their charge special action for free, even though normally they are not allowed to. So you can have some fast little units out there. Right. So the, the key of this is it's a spider in the web, right? Yeah. So Strider Cav is the spider leg cab unit that comes in the two-player set. 
the winner is the uh, uh you know the, the little ones the yeah. troops that where they have the four little spider legs attached to their 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 bum you know those are the key to unlock this this posse right so yeah yeah hunt down more if you if you want to go down this route like i only got one unit of those dudes so <laughs> yeah those were one of my favorite units even outside of the uh playing eiffel i used to put the the spiders in any enlightened detachment i had because just the units are incredible uh you know if they are fast they can get over stuff no problem and they can get on somebody really quick right so and now we get a new spider a bigger one <laughs> <laughs> all right so the next posse the soul hunters detachment this posse may be included in an enlightened force or an outlaw force. So I expect that to probably get fixed because it's a detachment mm-hmm. or is it a posse? So which one? it needs to be a detachment. So I guess this posse needs to be changed to this detachment. Yeah. Yeah. And I have this box. Don't you have them too? Yeah. I, I kind of uh, cannibalized this one with my last build to <laughs> take some individuals out of it to add to yeah, other yeah. ones. So Soul Hunters must include Warwick Hudson, who is uh, looks just like that my rent's too damn high <laughs> political guy from New York. Uh, so he's the detachment commander. Then you must include two units with the Soul Hunter train. Again, it the whole box. A, an official Soul Hunter detachment until you actually bring two of the Soul Hunters with Warwick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're definitely... Two of my favorite in the detachment would be the auto includes mm-hmm. <laughs> the, oh, yeah. the, the portal thrower and I think the cat's trying to get in here again. Uh, <laughs> but okay. And so then the last is you may include up to a further five units with the soul hunter trait. So you can pull the rest of the box and include you know, the big, the big ape soul hunter as well. Definitely. And, and then just go bananas, right? <laughs> yeah. Then you'll be going bananas. I couldn't resist it. <laughs> I know, right? Someone needs to do a uh, a crash crash build and add uh, add like a bushel of bananas or something. <laughs> uh, so the bonus once you meet the two must adds, you gain access to this bonus. You may include an etheric apparition unit for each unit with the Soul Hunter's trait. These etheric apparition units cost five points per mile. So etheric apparitions are just the soul hunter's name of spirit apparitions, right? Mm-hmm. So they're specific to the, the ones they can bring. So they're a little bit different, but basically the same. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. Next we have up is the tainted biology posse. So this posse may be included in enlightened hex or outlaw force. And the composition is you must include Victor Bytel as the posse boss. Uh, you may include Skip McKidney. I think I'm saying that right, right? McKidney? You just say it too slow. Okay. I say too slow. <laughs> Skip McKinney. There we go. Yep, that's it. Um, you must include three units with the mutation trait, and you may include up to a further four units with the mutation trait. So the limitation on this is this force may not include more than one unit that 
has each of the following traits. Nazambu, Dark Nation, or Carcosa. If a unit has more than one of these traits, it counts as both. And this posse may not include any boss or commander units except for Victor. And then it does get a bonus. So all units in this posse may re-roll tainted checks when taken, regardless of success or failure. So I, that's pretty good. Whether you, because usually if you fail, you fail. You can't, you can't re-roll a one, you right, know? Right. So this kind of gets past that. Well, it's not saying regardless of critical. It's just any, right? Yeah. So like if you fail the check, I think it's so you can get your, you know, if like say you fail the check, but you, you want to make sure and bring your guy back as tainted, you get to roll again. Okay. Or maybe you rolled one of the options is not positive, right? It's, you can re-roll to, to get what you want. Like yeah. say you have a specific that you want. That's so it true. doesn't really matter if it's a success or a failure, you can go ahead and re-roll it. But it doesn't give you the ability to re-roll the critical failure or the critical success. Okay. Okay. Just those in between. Okay. All right. So yeah, this is all, all the right. hex so piece. The last one. The last one is the Wayward Eight Posse. So this posse may be included in an enlightened lawman or hmm. an outlaw force. The composition. You must include Marcus Wayward as the posse boss. Okay. You must include seven units with the Wayward Eight trait. It's basically you must his, bring them all. That's basically his whole <laughs> Firefly crew, right? Right. You don't. You don't get an option. You have to bring them all. <laughs> and then you jump into the maze. Is you may include a unit with the Outlaw and Automata traits. And you may include a unit with the agent trait. This unit cannot have the tainted trait. So it basically opens up to literally a dozen different agents throughout. Yeah. I think five or six different factions worth of agents because they're kind of like little salted and peppered here and there throughout a bunch of the factions. It includes all of the soul hunters, includes the infernal investigators. There's a, there's someone in the order that had an agent trait. I'd mm-hmm. have to look for that she still has it, but she may have lost it. I don't know. Uh, the Secret Service. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of Lincoln's. Right. But they can't be tainted. Uh, that's the key right there. Okay. So you, when, you, when you're searching through your agents, you, you have to exclude the tainted ones if, if, for them to work with weight. And the last, this is the new addition to the posse, is you may include a mercenary iron eye. So you can label it the Firefly. Uh, (laughs) uh, the bonus for this posse is units in this posse may choose to count the guts bonus provided by a single adventure card played during their activation as being a plus one fortune instead of the actual bonus printed on the card this bonus lasts for the duration of their activation that's a big bonus that's a big bonus yeah now they used to have the elite special ability used to allow you to take a plus one action point mm-hmm. instead of the guts. So this is a kind of a twist on that, but it's a plus one fortune instead. Yeah. But it's kind of nice because fortune is a little harder to get to in the third edition. So a lot of faces lost their fortune. Yeah. And this is kind of a neat way because all of these faces in this posse are you know, 
kind of competing for a limited number of fortune points. Yeah. And now they basically, each one of them has the ability to turn out a guts card that they may not get a chance to use, but it gives them an opportunity to, to take it as a, uh, as a fortune. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a, I think it's a good, almost like mitigation too. If you get those cards that just, you know, don't do much for you, what your plans and strategy like is. Plus one mind. Yeah. <laughs> like plus yeah. One mind. So, <laughs> I mean, it's a good way to use them still. They have a use. Well, all right. So, so then, then they go into the, the armory. Yeah, we'll go into the enlightened armory. And it details certain units that can swap out weapons. Now, they're only listing three things for the armory. Uh, Iron Horses, Fire Team, and Gun Dogs in the enlightened can yeah. uh, swap out some weapons. So the Iron Horses, if you have the Iron Horse trait, you may replace Gatling guns with one of the following weapons for no additional cost. All the models in the unit are similarly okay. replaced. So you can, the flamethrowers got a little bit of a tweak. They are a torrent with pierce zero, but ROA of two, they have the quality hazardous and torrent and they crit minus two pierce, which is kind of nice. Yeah. I, I kind of like that new attitude. Yeah. Flamethrowers gives them a little, little bit of an oomph. And then rocket pods, which are ranged 15 inches. They have a pierce two ROA of two. They have this quality special and indirect, and they crit to stun. So these are what you would take instead of Gatlings. And Gatlings are really good, uh, but Flamethrowers doesn't have special. So definitely now a pretty good reason to swap those out, you know, if you don't mind throwing down those templates, you know. Bunch of bunch of hazard throwouts, and occasionally you might you know be able to bring in the Pierce too and really put a ding in some people. So de- definitely a nice way of spreading around hazardous, which is which is which will be a, a nice thing to have. The next one is fire team. Any unit with fire team trait in the enlightened force may replace their Gatlin with one of the following for no cost. It only has one option, and it's the uh, flamethrower. Now, because they're only carrying around one flamethrower, it's ROA of one, but it also is hazardous torrent and minus two okay. pierce on crit. So not bad. And then the gun dog, any unit with K9 Simulcra trait and light force may replace its Gatling guns with flamethrower or rocket pod for no additional cost. All the models in the unit must also do so. Again, their flamethrower is just one. It's not a dual dual system. So it's just ROA of one, hazardous torrent with a minus two pierce crit and the rocket pod is, you know, the same, but it's only an ROA of one. So 15 inches minus two pierce and special indirect and crits to stun. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of options for, like you said, to put some conditions on people, um, options, right? right? Options. They give you a couple little options. And this is a key thing is each faction has a different armory. So some of the other factions have, multiple options to be able to swap out. So mm-hmm. Enlighten has a very shallow pool with only, you know, flamethrowers and rocket pods. But you remember we when we discussed the union, they also do electrocarbines. Yeah. You know, and so there's there's a little bit of a difference once you dive into the faction armories. The last little bit, the last page of the handbook is an appendix and it basically gives the official count as for any classical model that you may have that is out of production. You know, they don't want those old classic models from, you know, the original game 
to not be taken. It's just they may not have a, a new third edition card, so they probably kind of give you a hint. Yeah, this is not out right now, but I think it's cool that for the veteran players that have these, they can still use them. Right. And it's kind of a heads up of this card's not out, but it may be coming out soon, later, kind of like what they did with the Iron Horses. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they still want people to use them. I think that's cool. So what we got here is that they list the classic name, what it counts as, and if there's any notes. So, like, for example, there's only two here. They have the Hopped Heavy Borer. It's That's that little, the little digger <laughs> thing, I believe, is what it was. And it counts as the... Enlightened Ironhide, right, right. and it does have notes for this one where you upgrade the hop-heavy boring gear, and then they also have the flame truck that you can use with the Enlightened, and that's going to count as the Enlightened Ironhide, uh, but there's no notes for that. Yeah. And these are just for use now. Eventually, uh, we'll probably see these maybe come out and get developed. They just don't want to have newer players not have access to these because you know they're older models uh, they may have older stats they may just be out of whack and they just haven't developed them for the new rules yet okay that's all of the enlightened handbook uh this was a pretty long show today we covered both of these handbooks for the union enlightened in one show from the you know we want to kind of keep together these two for the the new two-player set for third edition. And I think in the future what we'll do is we'll try and run through each faction, uh, their handbook, and go through all the different posse and detachment builds that they have in there. And then uh, who knows where we'll go to. So let's go ahead and we'll close out the show for today. All right, well, before we get out of here, guys, uh, I wanted to let you guys know a little bit of news. You still got a little bit of time for these uh, with it being the holiday season. And War Cradle is offering up their exclusive festive miniatures again. Um, now, there's, like I said, there's still time. They're only available till December 31st. If you have missed out on these in the past, they've done these for, I think, the last four years now. And there's three that you can pick up for Wild West Exodus and one that is actually a double model for Mythos. Uh, if you want to check those out, go over to their store on the website and you can get stuff for, uh, there's one for Kyle for Enlighten, there's a, a, a Krampus one for Hex, and then they have one that is for the Golden Army. Uh, and like I said, then there's also one for uh the mythos game so check those out those are a limited time they uh usually have been coming back every christmas time they're only available for a month so but other than that that was the only news tidbit we wanted to let you guys know about and uh this episode has actually gone a lot longer than what we thought it would be with some some challenges to get it out on time for Christmas for you guys. Uh, we we talked about doing kind of a big Christmassy thing, but uh, last year, like referring to those festive models, if you go back to last year, our Christmas episode, we actually did a breakdown of all three of those models in the smoke wagon. If you want to check that out, that is uh, episode 18, I believe it is. It was around December last year. 
But that's it for today's episode. Uh, I have to get to finish editing this so we can get this out for Christmas for you guys. But real quick, if you guys want to check out the rest of our audio podcast, check them out on Podbean and all the other podcast platforms out there. You can hear all our past episodes and make sure you check us out on YouTube channel. We're always putting up some unboxings or some sneak peeks of stuff. Uh, Brian's been getting really into that and putting stuff up for you guys. And also check us out on the other social medias like Facebook and Instagram. We're usually posting project pictures up there or any kind of news items that uh, we find out about for you guys. That is it. We wanted to thank you guys for listening to today and for the whole year and wanted to Wish you guys all a happy holidays and a happy new year that's coming up. We appreciate you guys listening, and this is Eric, and I'll say happy holidays from all of us, from Tom and Brian and me. Till next time, you guys have a festive end of the year, and remember, when you're out there right with the sun at your back, and always roll those big crits. Happy holidays, guys. Thanks for stopping by the Black Hoof Saloon, y'all. We hope you enjoyed your visit. Feel free to get a hold of us with comments or questions via the interwebs and shoot us a telegraph at blackhoofsaloon at gmail.com. You can also find us on the Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Music for the podcast was provided for use by Ross Bugden and can be found at one of his YouTube channels, Ross Bugden Music or Ross Bugden Composer. Until your next visit, ride with the sun at your back and always roll those big crits. him sniffing the box <laughs> oh yeah you you missed me doing this one i was like hold on brian i, I opened it i went <laughs> mm. oh yeah that's the stuff that's the stuff <laughs> new plastic yeah i got on recording now <laughs> see that's why i when i open these i just i slice it open so it's still got plastic around it so if I put my head in deep oh, enough, you could probably do that. You can see suffocate. it. <laughs> I'm weird. I know. We're going to watch Eric pass out. <laughs> no, I'll start going like, I'll be looking like this. And I'll start talking real fast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting high from the printer ink. Well, we had some good words in this one already. <laughs> I ain't even cutting out. I'm leaving that stuff. Simulacra. As soon as I saw it, I was thinking, oh man, this is recalcitrant all over again. <laughs> right, right. At least, at least at least recalcitrant, I actually knew. This one, I'm like, I'm like, oh, this damn word. I come across this word. I've, it's not the first time I've come across it. And I'm like, I know I've never gotten this right. I'm like, damn it. <laughs>
But I guessed the meaning right, though, didn't I? Yeah. Well, you're close. I was close. <laughs> you're like, it means robot dog. <laughs> Pretty much. In, in, in my, my generic mind, that's what it meant. You know, but I mean, a scarecrow could also be a simulacra. Yeah. I'm always going to pause before I say it, too. Just like when I say <laughs> automata. Automata. That's all. Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto. Yeah. 